LeeTDickey.com What's going on, everybody? Lee Dickey here. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Beats and Speaks podcast. Today is Monday, October 14th, 2019. It is Thanksgiving Day here in Canada, so happy Thanksgiving, everybody. I hope you've had a ton of turkey, a ton of bird, a ton of stuffing, a ton of cranberry sauce, a ton of food. But I also hope you've spent this long weekend with your friends, family, and loved ones to make memories that last a lifetime, because that is what Thanksgiving is all about. And I am super thankful for every single one of you who listens to, downloads, subscribes, and leaves a review and comments on the Beats and Speaks podcast. I'm super thankful for all the guests I get on the Beats and Speaks podcast. And I know Mondays aren't usually the normal day where we publish brand new episodes of the Beats and Speaks podcast. That usually happens every Friday at midnight Eastern time on my official website, leetdickey.com, iTunes, Spotify, favorite podcast app and player of choice but with it being thanksgiving today in canada i wanted to lay a special show on you guys a thanksgiving special if you will this is the second straight week by the way with a bonus show the second straight monday with a bonus show right here on the beats and speaks podcast what is so special about today being thanksgiving and me being so thankful for every single one of you aside from it being thanksgiving and me wanting to give you a Thanksgiving Day edition of the Beats and Speaks podcast. Today, I also present to you and I also give to you the biggest guest in Beats and Speaks podcast history. Remember to comment, like, share, and subscribe to us on my official website, leetdickey.com, iTunes, Spotify, and your favorite podcast app and player of choice. Also, subscribe to us on YouTube under Lee Dickey TV. Of course, all those links will be in the description. But aside from it being Thanksgiving, and me wanting to give you guys this Thanksgiving Day special, this Thanksgiving Day edition of the Beats and Speaks podcast, I also give to you, I also present to you the biggest guest in Beats and Speaks podcast history. Yes, you heard me right. Today, I will give to you my interview with the biggest guest in Beats and Speaks podcast history as of right now, as of this recording, as of this intro. Okay? This person is none other than Cat Carter. Now, Cat Carter, for those of you in broadcasting or if you listen to radio, if you're in Canada, or even if you listen to radio in other parts of the world, specifically 104.5 Chum FM, she is a former radio broadcasting professional who started her career after graduating from Loyalist College in Belleville and then moving on to work for Quinty Broadcasting. That's Rock 107, Mix 97, and CJBQ. She moved from there to Vancouver, where she worked for Virgin Radio and was instrumental in their flip back to Z95.3. She then moved from Vancouver back home to Toronto, where she took a job with 104.5 Chum FM. And I should mention that she was an announcer or on-air personality and music director or assistant music director at every stop along her radio journey. And it was a real pleasure to just go back and forth with her on Instagram, email, and have this conversation with her. She's someone I've wanted on this show for a very long time. And this interview came together rather quickly. I think it came together in less than 24 hours. It may have even 
come together in less than 12 hours. It was, I had reached out, we set it up, and we knocked it out. Now, granted, when it comes to the behind-the-scenes stuff, I'll tell that all to you in a future episode here on the Beats and Speaks podcast, because there were technical difficulties in terms of, like, Wi-Fi not holding and things like that, and internet connections basically being spotty and audio cutting out, but I will tell that all to you in a behind-the-scenes episode later on here on the Beats and Speaks podcast. But Kat Carter, like I said, started her broadcasting career after graduating from Loyalist College, moved on to Quinty Broadcasting, where she worked for Rock 107, Mix 97, and CJBQ, and then went to Z95.3 um, for Virgin Radio, and then was instrumental in their flip back to Z95.3, and then moved back here, back to Toronto, where she took a job with 104.5 Chum FM, and getting to talk to her about her where her passion and love for radio began, and then where her career started, why she left the radio industry, and of course, she's also a massive Simpsons fan. So we talked about the Simpsons as well, and then we talked about her current project, her current passion, with her being the owner and founder of theradionerd.com. All of that and more coming up right here in my interview with Kat Carter, right here, right now, on the Beats and Speaks podcast. Of course, you can follow everything Kat Carter at theradionerd.com. Of course, all those links will be in the description below. But that's enough of me babbling on and rambling on about myself and Kat Carter. Let's just get right into the interview. I hope you guys enjoy it. Please comment, like, share, and subscribe. And here it is, right now, my interview with the founder and owner of theradionerd.com, Canadian broadcasting legend, Kat Carter, right here on the Beats and Speaks podcast. Hey, I'm Kat Carter from theradionerd.com, and you're listening to Lee Dickey on the Beats and Speaks podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, and anyone else with an earshot of the sound of my annoying voice, of course, I am Lee Dickey, and this is another episode of the Beats and Speaks podcast. And today, I am lucky enough to have the most patient woman on the face of the earth, because this is about the 75th millionth time we have tried to do this interview just just today. But she is a former radio disc jockey, all-around radio genius, founder of theradionerd.com. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Kat Carter. Kat, how are you today? Thank, thank you, you for having me on the show. Well, thank you for agreeing to do this again all these hours later. <laughs> but um, it's a real pleasure for me to have you on the show. I've wanted you on the show for a long, long time. And um, as I said in the intro, you were in radio for quite a while. So can you elaborate on your time in the industry, please? Absolutely. So I started off at Loyalist College in Belleville, Ontario. I moved from Toronto to head to college. I wanted to take the radio program, loved it, and ended up getting a job straight out of college. Quinny Broadcasting in Belleville, Ontario, so I did stay in Belleville, and it was kind of interesting to work in a small town. It was very different for me because, you know, I grew up born and raised in Toronto, and I started off working in promo, got my foot in the door that way. It's always good just to get your foot in the door, just do anything to get in there, 
So they know your name, they can start to see your talents and everything. And then I started doing everything from production to copywriting to news to uh, on air, of course, and music. Ended up being the music director for three other stations there. So I was programming country and classic rock and pop. And I was also doing the day show on the pop station. So I was extremely busy. But it was good because it allowed me to start small. It allowed me to make my mistakes on a smaller level. And it just allowed me to learn essentially what not to do in radio. And it was great because I was able to move on to uh, a big market right after that, which was amazing. I didn't think that, that was going to happen for me. So I moved to Vancouver right after that, got a job at Virgin Radio Vancouver, which then flipped to Z95.3. And I ended up doing a midday show there and being the music director there, which was again, a great opportunity. And then after that, I got a call from Chum FM in Toronto, which was my dream station, and I was so excited about that. They wanted me to come and be their assistant music director and also be on air. So that was very cool, because now essentially, really, with Chum on my resume, I can, if I wanted to get back into the industry, I could do that at really any station that I wanted to. Yeah, it was, it's just one of those, it's like the holy grail of radio. Just, hi, I'm Kat Carter, and I've worked at Chum. I'm, I'm good at what I do. You should hire me. You're going to yeah. like me, I swear. <laughs> exactly. So that was really cool. And getting to work at Chum, it finally made me realize how good I actually was at what I was doing because I didn't really have a lot of confidence before then. I was always like, oh, I don't know if I'm good enough to do this, blah, 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 blah. But now looking back, I realized that I was actually really good at what I was doing, especially because, you know, I moved to Vancouver at 22. I was just turning 23. And I was still so shocked, like, why did they hire me? I don't understand. So for years and years, I just did not have that confidence that I really needed in the industry. But yeah, working at Chum gave me that confidence that I desperately needed. Well, I, I remember listening to you over the years, because you were at Chum for probably two, three years from what I gather. And I remember always really enjoying your shows and you know, really thinking like, this kid's got spunk, if you will. And she's she's really good at what she does and I really enjoy listening to her on the air like you were a breath of fresh air when it came to uh, Toronto radio at least oh wow well thank you I really appreciate that and uh so you as I mentioned in the intro you started the radionerd.com can you elaborate a bit on that yeah so I did leave my job at chum I just found wasn't loving the corporate environment so much, you know, essentially being told what to do, being told what to say, when to say it. So I left and months later I decided to start my own project, which is the radionerd.com. It's for lovers of all things radio. I have lots of fun stuff on there. Um, I love vintage radio plays and I just wanted to share my love of radio with other people who also love the industry and just for people who aren't really aware of how cool radio can actually be so i've got tons of stuff on the site and i'm also working on a youtube channel i've got an instagram page which is a lot of fun uh facebook page as well and i've got a lot of great products that i sell to people in radio and music lovers too i will link all that stuff below in the show notes and you guys should go follow her because she's cool and you didn't just need to hear that from me <laughs> so what was the draw for you in terms of radio what sort of like sucked you into radio and broadcasting in general well growing up in my house radio was always on you know we always had like cbc on or just anything like that so it was literally always playing in the background we always had it on in the car um 
And it was just one of those things that I just thought was so magical and interesting. And I loved hearing the voices and the personalities on the air. And I wanted to be friends with them. And it was fun listening to the music and learning about new music. And everything about it just drew me to the industry. And then in high school, I ended up doing uh, the announcements for my high school and I absolutely loved it. So I'm like, oh my God, I need to, to join this industry. I need to kind of keep talking to people in some way. So that's why I got into radio and I'm happy that I was able to find what I loved at such an early age. And I'm happy that I was able to succeed in the industry when I was in there too. Do you miss it at all? Uh, there are some things I do miss, you know, it, I do miss being on the air every once in a while and I do miss like music scheduling and programming and stuff like that. And that was always such a fun thing for me. And there were times at certain stations where, you know, you had these amazing friends and these people that just really understood what you were going through in terms of the stressors of the industry and that kind of thing I do miss. Oh, and I do miss the free food. I'm not going to lie. That was a great perk. Free <laughs> that was food always is always a plus. So yeah, there's always a ton of free food in radio. So I do miss that because it was nice to just have, you know, free lunches, free breakfasts, free dinners all the time. So those are the things that I miss most about the industry. And you had, you were kind of all over the place, at least from what I gather when you were on Chum, you were kind of like filling in whenever they needed you to, mm -hmm. but you were mainly on nights. Mm -hmm. Is there a specific shift that you really kind of liked? I've always loved middays the most, um, I guess because I've done middays the most. It's just a shift that I really enjoy. You get a lot of people listening at work and calling in when they're technically not supposed to be calling when they're at work. And it's just fun to, to be able to uh, be on during the day and give away prizes. And it was super cool to be able to go on the air right after Roger and Marilyn because they are just like massive. I've been listening to them pretty much forever. So to be able to see my face on the website right beside theirs, I was like, oh my God, this is an absolute dream come true. So yeah, Midday is definitely my favorite. And I suppose, not that I need to give Roger a plug, but I mean, he just retired um, after 50 years in broadcasting. So kudos to him, I suppose. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And he was so wonderful. Him and Marilyn, they are just wonderful, wonderful people. I did enjoy working with them. So you're also here because the one thing I noticed, because I do follow you on Instagram, Radio Nerd as well, that you are a massive Simpsons fan. It's like one of the biggest Simpsons fans. Massive. Yes, huge. To be fair, I haven't really followed it since, I haven't watched it consistently since about season 14, so that would have been 2003, I think. I know, it's, it's crazy. They're on season 31 right now, which is yeah. ridiculous. So older than both of us, I think. I Well, yeah, I think, I, when was I born? Like the year, I think I was born, I was born the year it premiered. And then, yeah, to think that it's still around and I'm 31, not that it makes me feel old at all. Yeah. <laughs> but it's the fact that it's still on the air, I guess, is either a result of its fandom or the fact that it pulls the biggest ratings at Fox. I don't know. Yeah, I think uh, the fact that they've just had such loyal fans over the years that are willing to um, kind of forget about how bad the quality's gotten with The Simpsons in the last little while. Uh, but I think there are a lot of really huge Simpsons fans who kind of stick to the classics. Uh, myself, I kind of stick to season one to nine. You know, I'll go, I'll go a little bit past that, but those are, you know, my main, my main videos that I still watch. Like I watch The Simpsons every single day and yeah. I have 
a stockpile of clips that I like to share with people. And my sister and I are always sending each other just Simpsons quotes all the time, all day, because she's a huge, massive fan too. And we were really lucky growing up being able to actually watch The Simpsons because there were a lot of kids in our classes that were not allowed to watch. So they were almost... Is it just really, because of the subject matter? Yeah, because of the subject matter. I guess their parents didn't think it was appropriate, but I was super happy that I got to watch The Simpsons. And people would ask me about the episodes and ask me about the characters. And I remember, you know, kids standing around me while I would tell them what happened on the episode on Monday because the episodes would air Sunday night at 8 on Fox. And mm -hmm. uh, it was just so cool being able to, you know, find my passion because, again, I found that passion at an early age. Uh, I, I think it's fun to be able to find that stuff, especially at an early age, and I've just been following The Simpsons for so long, and I have a ridiculous collection of merch, and just the, the facts that are in my brain about that show are just, just stupid. It's, yeah, you have, it's useless knowledge. But so useless. <laughs> at, the, at the same time, you're like, it was part of my childhood, let me enjoy it. Yes, exactly, and if anybody ever needs me for like a Simpsons trivia, I am definitely the person that you want on your team. Cool. I mean, if I'm ever in Barbados, which is where you're coming to us live and direct from, yeah. or if you ever want to come back here. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of Simpsons trivia nights in Toronto that I have seen, so maybe that's something that you could do. I, yeah, maybe I'll... One of these days, I'll finagle my way into a club and just like, hey, you're a fan of The Simpsons, right? No? Well, I'm going to make you one. So yeah, let me exactly. MC, let me MC a trivia night. Hey, that would be cool. I, I just need to twist somebody's arm, that's all. Yep. <laughs> but like, here's something that I want to get your take on mm -hmm. in terms of The Simpsons. How do you feel about them writing Apu out of the show? You know what? I was very disappointed about that. Um, to be honest, I feel like people get overly offended about pretty much everything these days it's one of those things where no matter what you say or no matter what you do somebody is going to be offended by it so to write out such a major character like that that was such a great source of entertainment and uh, it, it it did stress me out it, it made me upset that this is kind of what it's come to yeah. and a, a lot of shows are very scared to to touch on any topics or to add in new characters like that because people get offended. So I, I am kind of disappointed because I do love the character. I think he's an amazing character. There are great episodes with him in it, and I don't think there is a reason to be offended by it. But again, that's just me, and a lot of people are going to be offended by what I just said, and that's okay. Fair. Well, you know, that's the thing. When I heard that, I was like, okay, so you're writing Apu out of the show, but you're also writing out his entire family, his wife, his kids, his yeah. brother, and it's just like, that's an integral main component to the show. Yeah, exactly. The, the Quickie Mart was such a big part of the show. It was a place where everybody in the town would go to, you know, pick up their Duff beer or to get a squishy or whatever it may be. And now that character is gone. And it just feels like a part of The Simpsons has been taken away once they wrote that character out. I mean, they could bring back Poochie if they really wanted to. No, <laughs> no please don't. <laughs> but... Um, is there anything, like, getting back to your radio days, I suppose, mm -hmm. is there anything that you wanted to accomplish that you haven't? Uh, you know what? Not really. Because my main goal when I first got into radio and, like, I was just in school was to do a morning show in a major market. And then quickly, once I actually got into the industry, I realized that wasn't my goal anymore and that wasn't necessarily my passion. And my goal was to become a music director in a major market. 
which I did. And I was very happy I did that. And I realized, okay, well, I've kind of done everything that I've wanted to do in this industry. And, you know, I, I don't want to be a morning show host anymore because I would absolutely hate getting up at, you know, three in the morning, four in the morning. I cannot do that. <laughs> So yeah, my main goal was to, to be a music director in a major market and I was able to do that. So I think I accomplished most of the goals that I did have for myself. I well, you know, speaking from personal experience, I remember my first gig in radio. I was an intern at Easy Rock mm. back in about 2008. Okay. And this was back when um, Stu Jeffries and Colleen Rushholm were hosting the show. Like the ah, show. yes, of course. So I was in college. I had to get probably a hundred hours to get my diploma mm -hmm. final problem i go in for the interview at uh, astral media mm -hmm. and the th the first thing out of her mouth was so you want to work the morning show like the producer at the time yeah and um i was like you five, five in the morning it's okay because i learned very early to just not say no to things true true like, especially if, if you want to get your foot in the door like, if this is a shot they're giving you, yeah, you will figure it out. Totally, yeah. And I was like, well, um, being on the air at 5 a.m. should be illegal. But, <laughs> I mean, if I have to lose some sleep in order to get into this industry a little bit that I love, or at least yeah. get out of it what I love, then I will do it. It, it, was, it was a short tenure. I was only there for maybe two or three months. Mm -hmm. But I really enjoyed it. And the thing, I mean, aside from, like, you know, getting up at 2.30 in the morning to get there for... 445 yeah <laughs> or just not going to bed exactly yeah yeah but um is is there anything specific with the radio nerd that you hope to accomplish yeah um i'm really hoping to grow the radio nerd as much as i possibly can and i have seen growth pretty much every day on every platform that i've got the radio nerd on uh, which is fantastic and i just want to get it to a point where I can essentially live off of this, you know what I mean? Because this is what I'm doing for a living right now, and this is my job, and I'm happy that I'm able to work for myself and still pursue my passion and still kind of be a part of the radio industry without fully being in it again. So I just want to get it to a point where I can make a lot of people happy with what I'm doing and just hopefully bring back the coolness of radio that once was because of course back in the day radio was so massive and a lot of young people I don't think they realize how interesting radio and radio history really is so I just want to educate people as much as possible and uh, get people to have fun and laugh and enjoy what they're seeing uh, on my page and on my website well it's full of quirky good old-fashioned radio fun and I personally love that stuff because well I mean I've spent time in the industry and I went to college for radio and mm -hmm. had several on-air shifts had several you know mini stations if you want to call it that and I suppose mm -hmm. if even hosting this podcast is a way for me to keep my foot in one door and then have a podcast as itself yeah I mean I feel okay I was I was talking to a buddy of mine who's a reporter for uh, the Aboriginal People's Television Network and he's mm -hmm. just I'm just like, man, this is a podcast that I reach out to people on and just hope that they want to come on, right? Whether yeah. or not, like, you want to hear me ramble, I don't, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I, I, can, I can give you a 15, 20-minute episode all on my own. But he's just like, you know, don't sell yourself short because you're just as much into it as I am or anybody else that's in the industry. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's nice of him to say, but I'm just like, 
man. I'm just an independent contractor, man. You know what? If, and that's the thing. If you're so passionate about something, people will recognize that and you will start to see growth and you will start to succeed in what you're doing. It's, you know, it's so weird when I get like friends and other people that have, I've interviewed on this show. They're like, yeah, I've listened to your show. Like, you, you listen to me talk? <laughs> <laughs> so, that's so the thing. Insane. You never know. Yeah, you never know who's listening. So you know, he, even if you, you feel like you're not doing as well as you would like to do, just keep doing it because not only is it keeping you sort of in the industry, it's keeping you, uh, it's giving you that, that stuff that you need to keep your, your chops up, you know, on, on the microphone, on the air type of thing. And you never know what can come from it. You know, as I'm, soon as you put yourself out there, that's a great thing. Yeah, I'm just happy that this blue snowball still is holding its own. <laughs> Is there um, any particular, like, you've got the radio nerd and you're doing well with that, mm-hmm. but are there any stories that you can share with me or my listeners about your time in the industry? Like, was there sort of like an, an interesting call in or like, say, an interview that you were really happy to be a part of? Oh, wow. Um... There were a few times where I was like, wow, I can't believe I'm doing this. Uh, for example, I got asked to interview Ed Sheeran in his hotel room in Vancouver, which was super cool for me. And at the time, he was opening up for Taylor Swift, who I also got to meet as well. They were both wonderful people. And it was just so neat to be able to have this giant star beside me as I'm freaking out on the inside, trying to hold it together, talking to Ed Sheeran. And yeah, it's still one of those moments where I'm like, oh my God, I I can't believe I got to do that. But it's it's one of those things where you kind of get thrown into that stuff when you're in the industry. They'll be like, okay, you're doing this interview today, or you're doing this today, or quick, you got to go on the air in like one minute, or, you know, just the the quickness of the industry was always a lot of fun, and it kept you on your toes. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing about broadcasting, I suppose, where it's just, it's such a fast paced industry mm-hmm. and the majority of the time, I suppose you're live. And yeah. personally, that's what I love. I, yeah. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of scripts. I don't, I agree. I'd, I'd much rather just, what am I doing? Like, give me bullet points. If you're going to give me something, what, yeah. do I have, what are the points that I have to hit? Mm-hmm. Like if mm-hmm. there's a, you know, if you're giving away a thousand dollars every hour on the tens, then fine, I'll do that. But don't give me like this verbatim. Yeah, you have to say this and this and exactly this, this whole kind of script thing. I agree. It is so much better to just be given a few talking points and then just go from there and use your creativity and your imagination to kind of bring that contest to life or bring that bit to life in whatever way it may be. It is so much fun to be live. Is there a a specific point where you're, I suppose, when you left the industry where you're just like, you know, I don't want to do this anymore? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I was just so, I guess, fed up with the corporate side of things and how certain companies have really taken the fun out of broadcasting and they've taken the creativity and the imagination out of it. And it's just so different from what it used to be, even in the 90s, or you talk to old uh, DJs from the 80s and you hear how insane it was, or the stuff in the 60s, and the radio industry is completely different now. And it's, it's kind of a shame that it's like, okay, we care more about money than actual fun content. Yeah, I, well, I was, I, because I will spend many, an hour, like many nights, many days, all my time, basically. If I had 30 hours in a day and 75 days in a week, I would just, I spend my time personally 
just looking at old air checks. Yeah. Just, like, these video air checks from places like uh, Art Volo or CaliforniaAirCheck.com. And it's, right. yeah, it's fantastic. Like, I, I came across an old like Tarzan Dan air check. Oh, cool. From, like, <laughs> That's from, awesome. From like 1990 when CFTR was like a music station and not. Wow. Not 680? And not 680 News. Which wow. I actually spent some time there too back in the day. I did my internship there at, actually too at Rogers. And well, you know, the thing, and I'm not knocking 680 News, so Rogers, please don't sue me. Yeah. <laughs> it's just within probably two weeks, because I was there for maybe two months. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember just, because I don't know if their format's any different now. But at the time, they would repeat their top story about four times every hour. Yep. Yeah. And I remember, and I was there for seven hours, like once or twice a week. Yeah. So after about the first couple shifts, I was like, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. Just like I'm listening to our top story, our top story, our top story. Oh, I heard that at the top of the hour. We're now at like half past. Yep. And yeah. It, it was the it happens same. on slow news days, unfortunately, and it's sometimes it's better to have a slow news day because when you don't have a slow news day, that means something crazy has happened and the newsroom is working way over time and constantly pumping out new information and new stories and it could be something really bad that happens. So I do kind of appreciate when it's more of a slow news day because I'm like, okay, things are a little more peaceful in the world today. And that's what we all want, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> just, just give me a slow day where I can look at the back of my eyelids at a regular hour. Yeah, exactly. You know, but um, just as we wrap up here, uh, I've always wanted to know, like, so you left the industry, you started the RadioNerd.com. Mm-hmm. What, what is your goal now? Uh, my goal is just to, to live a happy life and do well with the radio nerd and uh, continue just living my dreams. You know, my fiance and I, we moved down here to Barbados and that was something that we had planned for a while. We wanted to move to uh, the Caribbean, but we didn't think it was going to happen for a very long time. And we just kind of said, you know what, let's just do it now. Why not? You know, why wait till we're older when we can't enjoy it as much? Come down now and I think that was a really good move for us. I'm really enjoying it here, and I just want to continue to live a happy life and continue to live out my passion and share my love of radio with the world. And, you know, by the looks of things, from what I see on Instagram and Facebook and social media, you are living your best life. I am. (laughs) Thankfully, we're only doing this via audio because the envy is like front and center on my face. (laughs) So if you have a spare room in February. I do. (laughs) I I can contort myself to fit in someone's carry-on. Okay. <laughs> so whoever's got a ticket to Barbados, I am we can make out. it happen. <laughs> but uh, Kat, thank you for doing this show. And thank you. Th- thank you for being so patient because we've tried to do this about 95 million times today. I'm glad it worked out. But um, thanks again for doing this show. I really appreciate it. You are a massive get. You are a fantastic guest. And any other time, anytime you want to come on this show, my inbox is always on. My door is always open. All right. And as long as my Wi-Fi holds, we should be yeah. good. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Lee. And oh, lastly. Uh, before I let you go, where can people find you on social media and the web? Uh, so on social media, on Instagram, you can find me at The Radio Nerd. Same with YouTube, same with Facebook. And uh, for my private page where I post lots of Simpsons stuff, uh, you can find me at Cat Radio. Cool. Thank you again for doing this show. Thank you again for coming on. Thank you again for being so patient. You are, without a doubt, I am not worthy. <laughs> so I, I really appreciate the fact that you came on and you agreed to do this again. Um, and it seems like everything held together, so I am happy. But Yay. every any time you want to come back on the show, I am okay. happy to have you. My door is always open. My inbox is always on. 
All and right. As long as the Wi-Fi holds, we'll be all right. All right. Sounds good. Well, thank you so much. Thanks, Kat. We'll talk to you later. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. Well, there it is, my interview with Kat Carter, currently the owner and founder at theradionerd.com, formerly of Virgin Radio Vancouver, Z95.3 Vancouver, 104.5 Chum FM, and Quinty Broadcasting. It was an amazing interview. I loved going back and forth with her, having a conversation with her. It was super easy. And just, you know, this, she was, she is a big get for me and the Beats and Speaks podcast. She is the biggest guest in Beats and Speaks podcast history. And I, it, there was just a lot of wonderful, magical stuff, you know, the stars were aligned and everything was at play to get this interview on and make it happen. So Kat, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for wanting to appear on the Beats and Speaks podcast, wanting to do the interview and being so enthusiastic about doing the interview here with me. I really appreciate it. And, um, you can find out all there is to know about Cat Carter at theradionerd.com, where you can find blogs on the radio industry, mental health. And as a side note, we recorded this interview on World Mental Health Day. You can also find everything related to radio, radio dramas. Uh, she sells headphones, microphones, radios, everything you can think of when it comes to the world of radio can be found at theradionerd.com. Of course, all those links will be in the description below, but I have been Lee Dickey. This has been another episode of the Beats and Speaks podcast. Happy Thanksgiving once again, everybody. Hope you all have had a fantastic long weekend and a great, great Thanksgiving with your friends, family, and loved ones. Kat Carter, thank you so much once again. If you ever want to come back and do another interview and appear again on the Beats and Speaks podcast, my inbox is always on, my door is always open, and there will always be a spot for you here. But this wraps up another edition of the Beats and Speaks podcast. Again, I have been your host, Lee Dickey. Please comment, like, share, and subscribe, and we will see you all and talk to you all next time right here on a brand new episode of the Beats and Speaks podcast. Friday at midnight Eastern time, brand new episode of the Beats and Speaks podcast. All right, I've been Lee Dickey, and I'll talk to you all again soon. See you later. Peace. Dickie.com